0: Sam! Yeah, Don? What's the word? Let go. And suppose I
1: don't? Well, you know what they say. Let go or be dragged.
0: Where'd you hear that? I
1: I heard heard it through through the
0: grapevine. grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour. Featuring the collective voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don,
1: an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Sam, can you be trusted? Well, yeah, of course. Now that I'm sober. I'm not a sober horse thief, Don. (laughs) I can be trusted, too. In fact, I've got a letter here
0: that says, let me quote, you may rely absolutely on anything these men say about themselves.
1: Signed, Dr. William D. Silkworth. Don, I'm not so certain about that letter. Is that addressed <laughs> to you? Oh, well,
0: the uh, yes, I'm one of these men.
1: Ah, uh, okay, okay. I will allow that.
0: sober alcoholics can be trusted
1: (laughs) um so maybe that's uh where the term trusted servants comes from in aa
0: i think it might be trusted servants being the people who do the work of aa
1: the general service type of thing yeah the general service work the secretary yeah the treasurer the person who unlocks the door so the meeting can happen yeah the key holder So as we move to different levels in AA, there's other service work to be done. So we have some levels that are, have more aggregate responsibility. For instance, uh, at the district level or at the intergroup level, there may be a website for AA in that particular locale that has the meeting schedule on it, things like that. And then we move further into uh, AA, it may be, oh, I don't know, someone who's publishing the Alcoholics Anonymous book. So <laughs> certainly things that need to be done at a level that uh, you know, an individual home group couldn't manage necessarily. So can you, before you got sober, could you be trusted? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I could be. Now, it, it, it absolutely depends on the situation. I was still cash register honest. You know, that was really instilled into me as a child. And I was honest like that. But I would lie to you in a heartbeat about, like, why I couldn't come to work that day. <laughs> yes. Well, I've
0: I was cash register honest. Sort of. <laughs> because I, really, well, I, I, I couldn't trust myself, Sam, with money specifically. Uh-huh. Before I got sober, if I felt like I had a good reason, I could justify using other people's money.
1: You know, I've got to reflect back, Don, and be rigorously honest here. My cash register honesty was not 100%. Yeah, I stole I stole drug money from a friend at one point. I'm not even going to say some of my worst behavior
0: with being responsible for other people's money, but I will say that
1: amends have been made. Well, and we have grown. And you know, one of the things that has happened, I know that you've done general service work and do it, and, and I have done general service work and work also in other capacities, such as a special worker, uh, which is what you and I are doing right now as well. But I work with various AA entities and recovery entities managing their websites. Um, I have a lot of power over these websites. What an uh, an inordinate amount of trust they have placed in me to take care of this. That is not who I was. And now I am the treasurer
0: for my home group. I'm entrusted with all kinds of money. And I can be trusted now. Yeah thanks to AA.
1: Yeah, it's amazing the growth that happens because I, uh, I certainly didn't expect all that when I came in to just stop drinking. <laughs> so I'm glad we have trusted
0: servants in AA. A lot of folks don't know of all the hidden service work that goes into maintaining our literature and making the meetings happen.
1: Today, we have an interview behind
0: the curtain
1: of AA. Yep, Uh, Josh tells us how his service as an AA trustee is part of his personal recovery.
2: Hey, my name is Josh, and I am an alcoholic.
1: Hey, Josh. Hi, Josh. (laughs) Thanks for joining us.
0: When did you get sober?
2: Uh, July 6, 2007. Today is my anniversary. No, sorry, July 7th, 2006. I got that backwards.
0: Okay. (laughs) Today is still
2: my anniversary.
0: (laughs) One day at a time. Yeah. Josh, what is your service position in AA?
2: Okay. I'm I am currently a general service trustee on the General Service Board of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I serve the General Service Board as a director on the Grapevine Corporate Board. And this year I am currently Uh, serving as the chair of that corporate board for a one-year rotation.
1: Okay, that sounds really complex. Yeah, that makes (laughs) no sense to
0: me. (laughs) So can you say that in layman's terms? (laughs) Like here's my short
2: version of the upside-down triangle that we always talk about, right? Yeah. You've got a home group. I'm a member. I show up in my home group to be of service to my home group. A GSR from my home group shows up in my district to be of service to the district. The DCM from my district shows up in my area to be of service to the area. The delegate from my area shows up to the general service conference to be of service to AA as a whole. The 21 members of the general service board serve that conference. Uh, the corporate boards serve those 21 members of the general service board. There's AWS and AA Grapevine and the offices that are filled with paid servants serve those corporate boards in carrying out the wishes of your home group.
0: That I've never heard that put so clearly. Mm -hmm. So that's like the structure of AA, That's the scaffolding that it's built on. Right. How does the work that you do on the board help the alcoholic at the home group level? Somebody listening to this, who has no idea what the service structure of AA is. How does what you do help? Yeah. The
2: service structure does two things. So there's direct services and direct services are one alcoholic helping another alcoholic, right? So when I'm carrying out my 12th step as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm carrying out a direct service, one alcoholic helping another alcoholic.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: Right. So in order to do a direct service, Um, I take advantage of general services, like I may need a big book or a copy of the Grapevine, right? I might need, uh, say, in doing that direct service instead of it's just me talking to a sponsee, maybe it's me going into a prison. And so I want a big book for that meeting, but I want a Grapevine I can leave behind with that guy so he's got something to read in his cell, right? So those two pieces of literature, one's a book, one's a magazine, are general services that aren't produced locally. They're produced nationally at corporate headquarters. And those are general services that are larger in scale and not producible by a local committee. So your local grapevine committee can send a request directly to grapevine or could send a request to the general service conference for consideration. In the last conference, the conference asked us to activate an Instagram page. That's a general service now being provided by grapevine at the request of the general service conference. Who pays for all of that? The Grapevine is a, a magazine that is self-supporting through its own subscriptions. We don't use basket money. Wait, does that mean that I can't make a contribution to the Grapevine? No, you, give, you tried to send a, a cash contribution as a member of a we would not be able to accept that. But you you can if you want to contribute a subscription to the Grapevine to someone in need. There are gift subscriptions like in a prison who may request more information on AA.
0: We can all support the Grapevine just by having a subscription yep. or giving a subscription to someone.
1: So now, how did you wind up being on the board of, of Alcoholics Anonymous? That's like, what do you just like... Are there active recruiters out there? Did you go on LinkedIn and say, "Hey, I want to apply for this job"?
0: Did you become famous in AA? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gratefully,
2: no. I I don't. I definitely don't (laughs) think I could handle being famous. But no, I. I, So, I like I mentioned, today's my anniversary. You know, I got sober in two thousand and six, so I'm celebrating fifteen years today. And for almost eight of those, I've done uh, this level of service. And I started. Uh, back in 2012, at an area assembly as a district committee member, I heard the delegates report. They said the trustees' public information committee was seeking uh, members of the fellowship They needed to have five years' sobriety and experience in communications and marketing. Hmm.
0: Where were you when you heard this? You were in an, an assembly? area
2: assembly. Yeah, an area assembly. I'm in North Carolina. So the area fifty one in uh, service language.
0: So the area fifty one <laughs> is, is pretty much North Carolina.
2: In the state of North Carolina, yeah, the the state is the area. In other places, the, some states have more than one area built
0: into them, like California. And that's where you heard about this DCM position.
2: Correct. Yeah. So it was um, the delegate was giving their post conference report. There was this need, um, so I connected with the delegate and put in an application. Which actually were you a
0: were you a GSR or were you just visiting the attending the assembly?
2: So to, to just to tell on how how much of a nerd I am to this stuff, I used to go to area assemblies when I didn't have a job just to to watch and listen. And at my first area Ooh, assembly, too. I was like, "I have
0: done that as yeah. well." So that was I
2: used to just go to watch because I found it kind of interesting. It is, yeah.
0: What's interesting about it?
2: The information you get is interesting, but I also, you know, I'm still an alcoholic, right? So I do enjoy watching some of the, the, the chaos that can <laughs> ensue in a good debate, right? Like when we don't always disagree in the most spiritual way, and that can be fun to watch if you're in the peanut gallery. It's not always fun if you're in the crosshairs, but, yes, you know, we are not a glum lot.
1: <laughs> Assemblies can be very lively. It's yeah. true. But but also once we leave that assembly room space and we're back out in the halls, we're all friends again. We're yeah. all friendly. We're, we, it, it's amazing what happens. I would
2: argue that they're even friendly in the sometimes not so friendly debate. Like, <laughs>
1: well, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. You know, I think it's just really real. And I think that, you know, alcoholics are passionate people. I don't know that we're more passionate about anything more than the thing that saved all of our individual lives, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things yeah. that has served me the the most in years and years of doing committee work, right, where there's active disagreement, is just trying to always remember that, you know, I know for me, there's literally nothing I hold more personally dear than the experiences I had in early sobriety and early recovery that got me sober, right? That is Mm -hmm. so important to me. It's easy to lose sight of the fact that that's only my experience, right? Yeah. Uh, Sam's experience was different. Don's experience was different. There may be similarities and overlaps, but my experience is mine alone and it's not necessarily the only way it works. I have to remember that about myself because I tend to get, as I get more emotional about a particular topic, I feel like my experience is the experience and I often have to remind myself it's not. And I, and I find it useful to do that when I feel like someone's coming across the table, a little hot at me with their experience and be like, okay, they have that same passion I have and love I have
0: for my experience. Yeah. You know, I just heard a quote from Bill Wilson he said in a letter that he did a lot of damage in the first years he felt by being so adamant about everyone needing to have the same spiritual experience that he had. And he realized that later, that his experience wasn't everybody's experience.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I and I can relate to it. And I think it was one of the reasons he was guided not to beat people over the head with the God stuff at the beginning, right. And his, Mm -hmm. let's not lead, lead with that. Let's just lead with your personal experience and you can get to that part of it. And that's how it's talked about
0: in our literature too. So how does your sobriety, how is it affected by doing service work on this level or is it a chore and it's not really related to recovery? Um. It is all of the above. So I
2: think like any experience in AA, since my very first meeting, it's always more is revealed on the other side of the experience than during the experience, right? So mm-hmm. when you came in, you know, I was gripping the bottom of the seat. I was putting a hole in my lip. I was biting down on it so hard in anxiety. You know, when you're in that place and someone's telling you, like, do this and you're like, ah, even when you agree to finally do it and you're in the middle of doing it, You don't really get why it's uncomfortable. And when you get to- Makes no sense. Yeah. It's other side of it. It might be two, three years on the other side of it. You're like, that's why that was what I did. And then you share about (laughs) it in a meeting and it's the coolest thing ever. And for like years, it was struggle. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a guy I really respect that I met in, in, in board service used to talk about the idea that service is meant to be a form of sacrifice, right? if I'm only able to give what feels comfortable, that's not really a sacrifice, right? One Tuesday a year isn't really service, that's checking a box. You know, I think there is a level of being uncomfortable because these things do feel really passionately important in the moment. And it's not that they're not important, but they are not as important as I sometimes feel about it in the middle of having the discussion of the debate.
0: That's kind of all of life, isn't it? (laughs) It's yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) a good point. I mean, everything to me feels like what I'm doing is the most important thing, and it is a real uh, spiritual trick in the middle of my life to pull back and say, "Okay, I'm going to take a broader look at this. I'm going to step back a little bit and see what's happening, and you know, maybe I don't need to push here."
1: But I, but I have an observation on this from my experience, and that mm. is the work that I have done in general service has made it an awful lot easier for me to do that in life.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: I've had so many opportunities to practice these things in situations where it was much safer to do so, like I'm not going to get fired, uh, <laughs> that I was able to to experience things, uh, situations and, and, and actions and thinking. Can you give an example? of one thing that you're thinking of here? I was just asked to join my HOA board. The comment from that was how I speak directly. I'm not negative in what I'm saying. And everybody likes me. I see. And out of that, they asked me if I would join the board. Mm -hmm. That's just weird. (laughs) That's not who Sam was. Right. Yes.
0: Yeah. Like I've learned how to speak clearly and directly and honestly in public in a group setting, whereas before I came to AA, I would just like tremble if I was ever asked to speak in front of a group. It's nothing for me now to speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, we talk about meeting spaces is where we kind of learn to interact with people, but where we really learn to work with people is those experiences in early home groups. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be on some corporate board. It's, you know, learning to agree or disagree at a home group level. And the learnings we have when we see that go well, and the learnings we have when we see that go poorly. Who do I want to emulate? Or what do I want to fix about how I just behaved in that meeting? And I relate to what Sam said about, you know, that's not the guy I was. And it was learning in those conversations and in those mistakes. When I first started sharing meetings at my home group in early recovery, I was told you're supposed to chair a meeting. Like if you don't manage that conversation, it's going to go off the rails. And I was so over the top about it. You know, I was, I was telling people we don't crosstalk almost every meeting. And it got to the point where I was doing it so often, you know, someone would share and I'd say, Hey, hey, Sam, we don't crosstalk. And they would say, I know we don't. I, I did it so frequently. I was trying so hard to like, do it right. I did it way over yeah. the top. And, you know, we learn from that and we learn humility from that and we learn to let go from that stuff and service of any level gives us those opportunities, right? To get our coffee critiqued. Someone tells you coffee sucks, right? You learn how to take a critique. Okay. Maybe there's something to learn in that. I'll change how I make the coffee or maybe I'm, you know, get bent out of shape and do something I
1: regret. Right. So now I got to learn right. how to do an amends and change <laughs> that way. Right? Yeah, <laughs> or maybe I'll learn how to ask for help and say, how do I make the call? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what do you think works better? Exactly. Yeah. those We learned that in me. I didn't come here with that knowledge.
0: No. You no? Know? I had very poor people skills.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, I, and and that's all service is uh, to me. like you know, I think there's some people who are just attracted to doing it more than others. I think I was sponsored that being of service is part of how we stay sober and, you know, looking for opportunities to do that. This tract of being of service was a completely random happenstance as a result of hearing that delegates report and just saying, yeah, I have that. that's what I do for a living. Which should I fill out a resume? was like, I was like, oh, you need help. I do that. Is that, can I be useful? And they're like, well, fill out the thing. And I fill out the thing and nine or 10 months later that was a you know a request to to be of service
0: how much of it compared to your work life your service life like how many hours a week or or whatever this is a challenge
2: we currently have right like right now historically the the boards were made up of retirees quite often right and it's been an ongoing challenge like it's gotten much much better but our foundations and our practices are rooted in a system that was often populated by retirees who, you know, didn't have day jobs and their kids were out of the house. And, you know, we need to be attractive to people who have day jobs and have modern business experience as well as retirees. Right. We need to mix that up. We need to have a diverse board and we've, we've made really great strides in that direction, but um, it is almost like having a second job. The time commitment Mm -hmm. is real. Before we got on, I've had three and a half hours of service meetings today.
1: And you're still also working, but you're also still doing uh, meetings for your recovery too.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think think that's one of the biggest challenges because if anything, you need to do more meetings. At least I do. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else. It was suggested to me. And when it was first suggested to me, I was like, that sounds crazy. But it's just like any that was suggested to me before I did general service when like my sponsor always told me if you're having a problem at work, take an hour away from work and go to a meeting work will be better when you get back. And
0: it's amazing (laughs) how that happens. It still
2: works that way, right? So
0: yeah, yet it feels like I am absolutely overwhelmed and I do not have time to go to one of those AA meetings. What an unreasonable request, right? (laughs) If I go, I'm better and I'm more focused, I'm relaxed. I'm letting go of things I can't change. I'm focused on what I can.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Is an active conversation. Those who have, who currently work and those who are retired, like it's part of the group conscience when we're trying to figure out how to tackle things, you know, but it's a lot, you know, there's, I think in the same way that those debates can feel bigger than life and more and and excessively important. I agree with what was said about how that's just part of life. I think we all take it really to this next level because it's part of this thing that saved our life. Right. So there is a, yeah. I make it to more AA meetings, I get that in better perspective, right? Because that needs to be right sized, just like everything
0: else. Last question. Can you think of something that's happened in service work that you witnessed personally or something that you saw somebody else go through and were watching it and going, this is beautiful what has happened here because you felt some connection with higher power or This is bigger than me. Wow. I
2: would say that I have had at least one of those experiences at every conference that I have attended. It's rare in AA because of rotation that we get to see the beginning and the end of those conversations. It is one of the the unique things of the service opportunities I've had to go from being an appointed committee member to a non-trustee director and now a trustee. I get to see the completion of conversations I started nine years ago, (laughs) right? Um, I literally was in a call earlier today with uh, a search committee of the Grapevine board. I was like, hey, our Instagram page launched today. And I was like, we've got over 500 followers on our Instagram page. Day one, I'm excited. This is great, right? And that's a discussion that started even prior to my nine years ago, you know, 10, 12 years ago, should we be on social media? And so to have had that conversation in as many ways and as many times as I've had it in the last decade, to see that page go live and to see it with a positive response on day one and hopefully, <laughs> you know, to see things like what we're doing right now and talking in a, in this podcast and this getting broadcast out into the world, you know, it's really... Uh, a blessing to get to see some of that come to fruition.
0: Let's not let this tiny opportunity for promotion pass us by (laughs) an Instagram page. You said, (laughs) why, what would the
2: handle of that be? Alcoholics anonymous underscore GV. And the Lavinia page is alcoholics anonymous underscore LV.
0: Josh, I'm grateful to know you and, and what you do with AA and also the work that you did to make the Grapevine podcast happen.
1: Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Josh, and Yeah, I always love chatting with you. You know that.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys for including me in, in real life. IRL soon. <laughs> uh, so many people don't know what IRL is. <laughs> I know I had uh, just like the alphabet soup of the server structure. I thought I would start with the The real words first,
1: (laughs) dude. Awesome. Thanks, Um, Josh. Thank you all very much. Alice Alanon was sound asleep when she was awakened at 3 a.m. by her husband. He crashed through the front door and was bumping his way along the wall, attempting to climb the stairs to the bedroom. What are you doing?
0: I'm trying to get a gallon of beer up the stairs.
1: Leave it down there. I can't. Why not?
0: (laughs) I drank it. (laughs)
1: thanks for joining us the aa grapevine half hour variety hour is posted every monday and is produced by aa grapevine inc we don't speak for aa as a whole we share the experience strength and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find A.A. Grapevine on Instagram and the A.A. Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about A.A., Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit a.a.org.